Well, hey, friends, it's so good to be with you. I loved hearing those announcements. Wow, Christmas is around the corner, isn't it? Invite cards and Christmas celebration is this Saturday, and we've got a volunteer lunch on the second, all kinds of stuff. But even though Christmas is right around the corner, and I hope you're getting signed up for all that stuff, be here this Saturday, come to the lunch on Sunday, it feels like for at least today we can still say Happy Thanksgiving. It's so good to be with you all day. I hope you had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving. I hope you found some way to celebrate this last week. I hope maybe you're still celebrating. Uh, My family and I, we took a quick trip up to Pennsylvania to be with my brother. I think we spent as many hours on the road as we did in Pennsylvania, if I'm doing the math correctly, or at least it felt like that or something very close to that. But we were glad to be there. You, You know, that moment where you finally get there and all the hustle's over and you sit down and you're with family that you haven't seen in a while and you begin to kind of catch up and tell your stories and over time you just you're kind of your home again and it was really great and we had a, we had a great time there I hope you also had a great time in whatever you did maybe you hosted some people or maybe you also traveled to visit some people maybe you just got in late last night too or something like that I, I hope above all else though that you had a chance to give thanks Maybe you've got some family ritual where everybody gives thanks in some systematic way or maybe just spontaneously in the middle of the moment you looked back and realized you had so much to be grateful for. I'm so glad for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving really, it feels like it's the, it's the holiday that we as a nation still do best, you know? I mean, obviously it's not Christmas or Easter, but I feel like those so easily get swallowed up in bunnies and Santa Claus. Thanksgiving just feels like it. It, I don't know, I like the way we do Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, Black Friday, not so much, but Thanksgiving at least. You know, we, we haven't figured out how to do too much with that. And I, I think part of the reason I like it so much is that Thanksgiving is, is more than a national holiday. It's also a vital and essential spiritual discipline. For those people who want to live long, faithful lives as followers of Christ, Thanksgiving isn't just kind of an annual tradition. It's it's part of the heartbeat of our life with God, isn't it? Uh, The psalmist says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. He says, if you want to show up to encounter God, show up with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 95 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Thanksgiving seems to be the language of entering God's presence. We show up in the presence of God with thanksgiving on our lips. And maybe that's why I love Thanksgiving, the holiday. Maybe it's not just the turkey and the pies, although I like the turkey and the pies a little too well sometimes, but maybe the reason I really like Thanksgiving is it gives me a chance to do the very thing God calls me to do. It gives me a chance to remember a lifetime of blessings, 
to remember a year's worth of blessings, to remember all the things that are easy to forget. Isn't it easy to forget our blessings and to remember our sufferings? And yet Thanksgiving teaches me to do the opposite, to remember my blessings. And when I remember, then I am thankful. The Old Testament talks about this funny little practice that God's people had. It's one of my favorite things that they did. It, it just seems like the oddest thing, but they had this thing they did whenever something happened that they didn't want to forget. Whenever God did something that they really, really, really wanted to make sure that they remembered and their children remembered and their grandchildren remembered, they would make a pile of rocks. That's what they did. If something happened, if God did something and they wanted to remember it, Jacob has a vision from God that God is going to protect him and care for him when he goes back to visit his family in a foreign land. Jacob wakes up. What does he do so that he doesn't forget the vision? He makes a pile of rocks. Jacob and Laban, two crooks who couldn't do anything honest to each other for the whole time they knew each other, they make one last deal of peace promising that they won't chase each other down. What do they do to make sure that they remember the deal? They make a pile of rocks. Samuel, when he's the prophet over God's people, to their great surprise, they win a miraculous victory over the Philistines. And what do they do after the great victory so that nobody forgets what God has done? They make a great big pile of rocks. Samuel says, set that stone up. We're going to call that rock Ebenezer. A helping rock, a rock of help, because my God was a rock of help to me. So, so pile up those rocks so that every time we walk by, somebody will say, oh, those rocks. That's so we don't forget the times the Philistines attacked, and we were outnumbered and unprepared, and God saved us, and we didn't want to forget, so we made a pile of rocks. One of my favorite stories in the whole Old Testament is a time when the whole nation got to participate in building a pile of rocks. I love that. The whole nation, so they won't forget what God has done, builds a great big pile of rocks. Uh, the story uh, starts uh, on the east bank of the Jordan. God's people have been wandering in the wilderness, homeless for generations. Think about that. Homeless for generations. There they camp on the east bank of the Jordan. They can look across the river into the land God plans to give them, and yet the river is at flood stage. Impossible to cross. One more obstacle, one more barrier, one more delay, and then God says, i tell you what I'm going to do. So that you will know I am with you. So that you know you can trust me. Here, in the middle of the flood season, I will stop the river. And you will walk across. And your toes won't even get wet. And sure enough, God stops the river and the people walk across. And they know God is with them. And they know that God will be faithful to them. And God says to them, I don't want you to forget this moment. I don't want you to forget what I just did. So look with me at Joshua chapter 4 at what God does. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, 
Tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he'd appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, sorry, the ark of the Lord your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? You tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial, a, a remembrance to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Skipping on to verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they'd taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask, What do these stones mean? You tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what He had done to the Red Sea when He dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. I love this practice. It, it's just so simple. It's just so kind of understated. It's just so non-fancy. You know what I mean? It's like the opposite of fancy. God does something awesome. Quick, find a bunch of rocks. Put them in a pile. Really? You don't want us like kill some animal or write a song? Nope. I just want a pile of rocks. So that every time we trip over it, or walk around it, or walk by it, or see it, somebody will say, what's that pile of rocks doing there? That's not a good place for a pile of rocks. What's up with that pile of rocks? And we'll have to remember that pile of rocks is because our God rescued us from the Philistines. My God rescued me from my cousin, Laban. Or God stopped up the waters of the Jordan so we could enter the land he promised for us. I will say, I hope that maybe you have some practices like that. Maybe you didn't even develop them on purpose, but maybe you have some habits or some mementos that prompt you to remember, and when you remember, you give thanks. Maybe it's something from college or from a mission trip or from a family member that when you see it, you're just, oh God, I'm so grateful for them and the influence they had in my life. Or, oh God, I'm so grateful for that moment when you rescued me from that foolishness. Thank you, God. In, in fact, this practice, piling up a bunch of rocks so we remember and don't forget, it, it seems like such a good practice that we're going to do it together today. We're going to build ourselves a little pile of rocks, a heap of rocks, so that we can remember something and give thanks. 
Now, I know we won't have time to pile up all the rocks we need to pile up for all the gracious goodness God has done in our lives over the last year. So we're just going to make a pile of rocks about one very specific work of God among us. I think I got, oh, Travis is here. He's going to help me. You can come on up, Travis. Uh, Today, uh, you may not know this, but we are one year uh, to the week, not to the exact day, but we're one year away from the send campaign. I don't know if you remember that thing we did last year. Uh, it was a big deal. Um, we, it was a, a moment of amazing generosity in our church. And more than our generosity is the generosity of what God has done with that gift. Uh, and we, we want to make sure we don't forget that. I mean, just like the Israelites, life gets fast. You probably haven't thought about the sin campaign in a while. If you have, you probably thought, all that money we gave, what, what, what happened to that money? Did God, did God do anything with all that money? Well, it turns out God's done a lot with that money, and God's doing a lot with that money, and we want to stop today, and we're going to build a little pile of rocks so that we remember to be thankful. Uh, we got a little video to go with each rock. Uh, in fact, I'm in the first one, so my apologies, but uh, here's a little video about our first rock in our heap of thanksgiving. Well, hey church, it is amazing to think that a whole year has passed since we participated together in the SIN campaign. And I am so glad to use this time to stop and get an update on all that God is doing through your generosity and especially to build a pile of rocks. A pile of rocks so that we remember and we give thanks for all that God has done among us. And the first rock of the SIN campaign is the SIN campaign. For those of you that have joined FCC since last year, or maybe if you forgot what God did among us, let me just remind you, the sin campaign started with a conviction about a need in God's church. The need is simple. In many places, churches are shrinking. In many places, churches are closing. And in response, we began to believe and do believe that a new wave of missionary impact is needed in our region, in our nation, and in the world. A new opportunity for churches to rise up and begin to train up and send out missionaries on behalf of the gospel. Uh, The idea is pretty simple. We need more churches like the Church of Antioch. We even talked around here about trying to be like the second church of Antioch. It was the church of Antioch that first invited Gentiles into the Christian fellowship. It was the church of Antioch that first reached across cultural and racial lines to bring the gospel. It was the church of Antioch that first took up an offering to go plant new churches. It was the church of Antioch that first raised up, equipped, and sent out leaders for God's service. And we want to be like that. In fact, we're convinced that God is calling this church and this region to be a sending church. We want to devote our resources to raise up, equip, and then send out leaders to plant churches and lead churches and build churches and through this work to win people to Jesus Christ. And so, in response to this need and this vision, we had the SIN campaign with three specific goals. We wanted to train leaders in partnership with Milligan College to launch a brand new ministry program with a brand new approach for raising up and developing the next generation of church leaders. And to that end, 
we wanted to give them a million dollars to hire staff, fund scholarships, recruit new students, and train leaders for Christian service with an urgency and a capacity that we'd never before seen in our region. The second thing we wanted to do was equip leaders. Uh, raise $200,000 as a kind of a, an initial launch fund so that we at our church here at First Christian could hire uh, interns and residents, provide first jobs for people who will one day be the future leaders of the church, but today just need a chance to get started. And then third, we wanted to raise $100,000 to plant two brand new churches. Uh, Mountainside Community Church in Boone and Front Porch Christian Church in Baltimore, Maryland. And the great news is, by God's grace, the money was given and all three of those things have happened. The new ministry program is launched and is launching. We are already equipping residents and interns here at the church and those two churches have been planted and begun worshiping. And today we want you to hear about it and celebrate it and give thanks to God for it. And the first thing we must thank God for, the first rock in our memorial to, of gratitude to God, the first rock is the sin campaign itself. God's generosity through us. God's generosity to us and your generosity to the work of God's church. Thanks be to God, and thanks be to you, First Christian Church, for your amazing generosity through the sin campaign. I can't wait to see what God will continue to do through this generosity. We place this stone. I asked him if his back was strong. It said it was. We place this stone so that we remember and are grateful for what God has done among us. The second stone we place is in celebration of the new ministry program at Milligan. Uh, we want you to know about this program that we have funded and that now is launched. And to tell us about it is the new director of that program. His name is Ron Castens, and he actually worships with us most Sundays. He happened to be traveling on this one. Uh, so here's a short update about the new ministry program. Hey, First Christian Church. I am super glad I can be here today to tell you about the second stone in our Ebenezer of Gratitude. My name is Ron Castens, and I am very honored to be the very first director of the Ministry Leadership Program at Milligan College. And this program would not exist without God's generosity through you. And so I'm grateful I can tell you just a little bit of what's going on and a little bit of what's coming due to your generosity. Uh, I started on August the 1st, and 30 days later, we took a group of ministry students, freshmen all the way through seniors, away for a retreat together so they could build community, not just among one another, but also with the Bible and ministry faculty. And it was a great experience that right from the beginning of the semester began to, 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 to draw our students together and build a sense of community among them. This past weekend, I spent in Nashville, Tennessee with 14 of our ministry students learning from the staff of the Lakeshore Christian Church, trying to understand about what they do in ministry that's unique to their particular context there in Nashville, Tennessee. And again, a great time of bonding, but a great time of learning where our students 
can add to what they're learning in the classroom by experiencing and seeing real ministry in action. Uh, in addition, I've had the opportunity throughout this semester to meet with lots of prospective students who are considering Milligan as a place to prepare for ministry. And I've had the opportunity to tell them about the innovative things we're doing in the ministry leadership program. And importantly, I've been able to tell them about the, the ministry scholarships that are available to them due to your generosity. Uh, one of our students this semester is a, uh, is a young lady from the West Coast, and, and she found Milligan searching online. And she came here, she flew here, by herself to go to Milligan College to prepare for children's ministry because that's what she feel God has called her to do. And when I hear stories like hers and so many other students, I get excited about that. And I think to myself, I will give my life to helping men and women like her train for the ministry. And I'm grateful to you for your sacrifice and your generosity is making it possible for men and women like her to train and prepare for ministry, to, to not only impact their life, but you're also impacting the lives of all the people they will touch. So speaking on behalf of, of Milligan College, speaking on behalf of our students, and if I may, speaking on behalf of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the difference that you're making in the lives of these students and in the thousands of people their lives will touch. We place this second stone so that we remember and are grateful for what God has already begun to do through this brand new program and for God's gift to allow us to fund it. The third stone of our gratitude is for one of the new churches that we started. Uh, you may remember we funded two new churches through the SIN campaign. Uh, one of them is called Front Porch Christian Church. It's in Baltimore, Maryland. And here's a snippet from their lead planter, Andy McNeely, to tell us about it. Hi, my name is Andy McNeely from Front Porch Christian Church in Baltimore City, Maryland. And we are the third rock in your Tower of Gratitude. Thanks to the generosity of First Christian Church of Johnson City, our neighbors now have the hands and feet of Jesus showing up regularly to provide things like Christmas presents for all 412 students at our neighborhood elementary school. Our neighbors are now just a phone call away from someone they can trust and lean on when they witness yet another shooting. They get to see a church from the west side prayer walking with police on the blood-stained pavement where hours before another homicide was added to the list in our country's most violent city. Our neighbors get to witness a coaching duo of dads from opposite sides of York Road mentoring kids without fathers and our neighbors are just a phone call away when they're in need of counseling child care medical advice in the midst of a terrible situation where a pregnant mother has attempted suicide in front of her children and is taken to the er by the police our neighbors get to share dinner with us in our homes and ultimately catch a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven through this new expression of the church in baltimore city and they get to hear and experience and see all of this in the name of Jesus. God is doing an incredible mission work here in Baltimore City through Front Porch Christian Church. And your generosity at First Christian Church of Johnson City made all of that happen. Thank you.
We place the third stone so that we remember and we give thanks for what God is already doing through this baby church, Front Porch Christian Church. And it is amazing. Uh, the doors God has opened to allow them to minister in some dark places where the gospel is so needed. Our fourth stone of gratitude is from the other church that we helped launch with that gift. It's called Mountainside Community Church. It's in Boone. And here is a little bit from their lead planter, Shannon, and a few members of the church. Hey, I'm Shannon McCready from Boone, North Carolina, and we're rock number four in this big pile of thankfulness. And we want to thank First Christian Church for your generosity to Mountainside Community Church. We wouldn't be here without your help. We're a young church. We're about eight months old right now, and we have a wonderful community that's really connecting and bringing people together who are new in Boone, and we're reaching people also that are new to the Christian faith. And uh, we're praying for five people that are a part of our small group of about 70 people. But we continue to grow and new people continue to be added. Here's some of their stories. I think Mountainside for me has given me a, a hope for community. Um, we were looking for relationships. We were looking for a way to grow in Christ and um, felt kind of isolated and alone. And so this has opened up a whole way to um, meet people, to leave our lives together and to um, experience Christ together. Um, Mountainside gave me friends because um, I didn't have any friends before. I happened upon Mountainside through friends of mine. They told me about this wonderful group of people here that truly love the Lord and my son Isaac was really searching for a community that he can connect with. He came home and he said from one of their meetings and he said, Mom, I think these people really, really want to know who God is personally in their life. He goes, those are the kind of people I want to be around. And I said, well, me too, because I want to be where they're speaking the truth. So we came here and I found these wonderful people here that is just like a family. God's doing great things here at Mountside Community Church, and thank you for investing in a new church and in another community so that God's kingdom can expand. We place this fourth stone so that we remember and we are grateful for what God has done among us and what God is doing through Mountainside Community Church. They just celebrated their first few baptisms just a little bit ago. Pretty exciting news coming from them. Our final stone, although we know we could pile up a lot more stones if we gave ourselves the time, but our final stone for this morning uh, is one stone to represent all of the residents and interns that have already begun working with us over the last year since the SIN campaign was finished. Uh, we asked one of them to just say a little bit about their gratitude as part of our remembrance. Here's Michael Kelly. Hey, I'm Michael Kelly and I grew up here at FCC. Currently, I'm serving as a resident on our worship and communications team, and people like me are our last rock for the tower. Part of the SIN campaign was to raise up young leaders for jobs in the ministry, and that's how I got my job here. In my time here as a resident, I've served partially on our production team, where I get to run sound, get to run lights, and help with our graphics, and I also get to serve with our video team. I get to 
edit videos, work on motion graphics for our announcements or different bumpers. And uh, one of my favorite projects I actually worked on was for Easter. Um, if you were here, it was the cave opening video at the beginning where different 3D elements were falling down, there was light coming through, and I had to learn a lot about After Effects in a short amount of time. So through internships and things like that, you get to learn about things, but as a resident, I've gotten a lot more hands-on and I've been trusted to really work on these projects, whether they end up being really awesome or I end up failing at them. It's just part of the learning process and it's helped me a lot and will hopefully help me in whatever my next step may be. And I wouldn't have had this opportunity if it wasn't for your guys' generosity and your investment and people like me to further the kingdom. And I'd like to thank you all very much for this opportunity. We place this stone so that we remember and are grateful for what God has done among us. I know we could build a bigger tower, couldn't we? If we'd passed out rocks when we'd come in, we could have taken turns, each one setting a rock on the pile so we can say thank you. We have so much to be thankful for. Maybe you're already thinking in your head of something we missed. You're thinking, I can't believe there wasn't a rock for this. Or what about being thankful for the Sunday night service or being thankful for this? I'll just tell you, if you've got something you're thinking of, whisper it to a friend when you get a chance, okay? You can tell somebody. But whatever you do, just don't forget to be thankful. Whether you need to pile up rocks or put a stone in your pocket or write it on the back of your hand, don't forget to be thankful. And while you're remembering to be thankful, put on your list the sin campaign. The, the generosity itself last year as we contemplated what it would look like for us to be the second church of Antioch, the generosity itself is worthy of praise to God. But I want you to know, I mean, part of the reason we just took 10 minutes and watched all those videos is we want you to know that generosity is making a really significant impact. Those two churches are growing and thriving, reaching regions that are hard to reach. Boone, North Carolina and inner city Baltimore are not easy places to launch a church. And yet both of those churches are growing. The ministry leadership program is on pace to really rapidly expand the raising up and training of new ministers in our region. And our, residences, our residencies here, they are just doing a fantastic job. We're getting the, being able to hire the right people and give them the right experience. So we just want you to know your generosity is, is, being, is being magnified by God's grace and making a difference in our kingdom. But the other thing I want you to know is that that pile of rocks is not our only memorial today. It's not our only moment of remembrance. In fact, Christian worship every week, our worship every week, even on the weeks that we don't pile up rocks, our worship every week is centered around a tradition of remembering and thanksgiving. The meal of communion. You may be wondering why we haven't taken communion yet. It's because we wanted to save it for now. The meal of communion is a meal of remembering to be thankful. 
Jesus says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember and proclaim my death. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And so we do, faithfully, week after week, we share in this meal to remember that Jesus has died. To remember that Jesus has risen again. To remember that on the cross our forgiveness was purchased. To remember that through the resurrection our blessing is secured. To remember that by His sacrifice we are set free. To remember that because of His suffering we need not suffer. And when in the midst of the meal we remember, we give thanks. In fact, the, the formal name for this meal is Eucharist, which is just the Greek word for thanksgiving. It is our thanksgiving meal. The American thanksgiving meal may be centered around turkey and mashed potatoes, and I love it, but our thanksgiving meal is centered around the body and blood of Christ. And I hope that every week, but maybe especially this week, as we share in the meal, you will remember what Christ has done and you will give thanks. If you are a follower of Christ, uh, regardless of your background or whether you're a member of this church or not, if you're a follower of Christ, you are invited to share in this meal. This is Christ's table and He invites you to remember and give thanks. Uh, if you're not yet a follower of Christ, boy, we're glad you're here. There's, there's space for you here, too. We just invite you to use this space to be in conversation with God. Remember what Christ has done for you and give thanks. Let us eat this meal together as we remember and give thanks. Please pray with me. Gracious God, you have done so much among us. More than we expected. More than what we have guessed you have done among us. You have, you have worked greater generosity in us than we have expected. We've seen greater dividends from that generosity than we expect. God, my heart is just rejoicing as I think about what you've done through those churches and through the new ministry programs and through these residents, God. Thankful for your faithfulness there. But more than all that, God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. Right now in this meal, we remember. We remember. And we give thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.